Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And we are coming to you tonight of the night of the first game here. That first NFL kickoff game right here. Bucks, uh, Bucks Cowboys going on as we speak right now. Got it pulled up, watching it right now. Just excited to be back here. Excited to have NFL back. We had college last week. Uh, this week's NFL. Heck yeah. And for people that are watching this game, I have so much Godwin and so much AB. And so tonight I have one <laughs> league that you and I are drafting right now, actually, with some of the NBC Sports Edge guys and stuff that I have both of them in. <laughs> I have like 40 some points at halftime. Um, so that's it. Coming up, Austin, guaranteed. <laughs> um, I think that I think that league I have Tom Brady as my quarterback, so that's looking nice. But yeah, I have a lot of Godwin too. I don't have as much AB. Um, I just it's hard for me to trust him sometimes. You know, he's great when he's on the field, but when's his next knucklehead move coming? I don't know. He oh, was at a, a douche, pretty low cost but, though. Yeah, he, he's he's a douche. But I mean, I, I watched him for you know eight years or whatever here in Pittsburgh. Um, so had all sorts of little sayings when he caught the ball that I can't say anymore. Um, and I don't really <laughs> like the guy, but I mean, I, I knew that as soon as he landed somewhere that he could be consistent, it was he'd be back. So and tonight, yeah. looking looking sharp there. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, let's uh, let's hop into it here then. But uh, before we do, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast. The Play to Win podcast, the Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points podcast. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points media group. All right. Uh, we had some news drop today as well. Um, some big news, some unfortunate news. Gus Edwards. Uh, is feared to have torn an ACL. I've seen pretty it's much confirmed. reported. Yeah, yeah pretty much confirmation yeah. that it is torn. Um, ACL tears are pretty easy to to test for, so they're pretty accurate. Uh, they know pretty quickly. So the Ravens lose a third running back before the season even starts. They lose Dobbins. They lose Justice Hill. Now Gus Edwards. Um, how is how is this going to impact the Ravens offense as a whole moving forward on their RB4 and signing guys off the street? I will try not to steal your thunder too much because I saw we have our predictions for the season <laughs> and I saw that you have a large chunk of, of who this impacts <laughs> uh, going on there. So I, like I said, I will try not to dip too far into your waters there. Um, I think this has to, though, just bump lamar jackson up i think this this will not only force him to run more but i think it will also put the ball in his hands in passing situations more too you know you can't probably can't ground and pound as much as maybe you would have wanted to when you had dobbins and edwards and you know tyson williams who they apparently kind of like or whatever um so i i, I think this probably does boost him um I don't know. I mean, the next question you have on here, because I, th- I just mentioned his name. Do we actually want Tyson Williams? I, what do you think about that? I, I'm, I, I, I think Le'Veon Bell takes that job, but I want, I want to hear you answer that um, before we get into that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that, I mean, yeah, we kind of want him at least to start right now. If you make me gun to my head, choose between the two of them. Um, probably go Le'Veon just based on the track record he has, but Le'Veon's on the practice squad right now. Um, now they'll, I imagine they'll sign him up to the active roster here, but uh, you know, when they signed him, it was just to the practice squad. It was kind of like get him back in shape kind of a thing, kind of have a feeling out sort of a situation, but they don't really have much of a choice anymore. So I think that he's just kind of, he, he Le'Veon is is the most talented back on that roster, but uh, for the first couple of weeks, I think Tyson Williams is going to have some really nice value. I think he's speaking from experience as somebody who has lived Le'Veon Bell experience. I think last year with the Chiefs was more of a they really only brought him in as a super duper depth signing. I don't think they ever really intended for him to 
play a major role. I think he's the kind of guy where he picks up on that and then just doesn't play very hard. He's kind of a dickhead, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, when he wants to play and he's turned on, like he's, he's zoned in and he he's there for it. He can easily, I, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to go back to his days where he was getting close to 2000 total yards from scrimmage and catching, you know, 85 passes or whatever. I pulled, I, I made up those numbers guys. I don't actually know um, off the top of my head, but I, I don't think that performance is out of him, but it would not shock me at all. If he becomes the guy that gets the bulk of the touches, you know, he becomes the, the Dobbins and Williams becomes the Edwards and he still puts up 1200 all purpose yards on like 40 catches or 50 catches or something like that. I, I think he could easily, as long as he stays healthy, because we know how volatile is. We can see the running back situation is, especially from a health standpoint that he, I think he could sneak into a, a back end uh, RB one. I think RB two is probably the safer prediction. Um, and, and in fact, I still see a lot of people saying that he's not going to touch the field at all. I don't know why we wouldn't think that, that a guy that's <laughs> at least showed he's an NFL player won't outperform a 25 year old kid that like wasn't even good in college. Um, maybe that's just me. Um, but so I, I think that bell can be a legit player. I'm so glad we have a league, our home dynasty league where we had to make final <laughs> roster cuts this week. And I was so close to cutting Lev bell and I held him expe especially for a situation like this. Cause I, I the rest of my team's pretty solid. I figured I could, you know, take the wasted roster spot and it is a wasted roster spot. No more. I'm pretty happy with, with, uh, the places where I have bell at this point. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty upset because as soon as the news broke, I went in uh, just scramble mode in all of my leagues, which I'm in a lot more leagues this year, so it took a lot longer <laughs> than I thought. So I didn't end up getting um, Le'Veon or Tyson Williams in some in a couple places. But um, the home dynasty league, I went, I checked, and I saw you had him, and I was like, well, I was like, that's that's fitting. Um, but yeah, I, as soon as the news broke, I. Le'Veon was the one that I was looking for first um, just because like you said, I think last year was kind of a, a fluke. Uh, he's not going to get back to what he was on the Steelers, but um, he, I think he will get back to a, a solid RB two, um, And I, I think it's going to take some time. I, I don't think he's going to step in right away. So like I said, he was, he signed to the practice squad. So I'm assuming he's got to, you know, knock some rust off, get back in game shape a little bit here. So you know, week one, week two, maybe even week three, be patient with him because I think he's a guy who's going to blow up later on in the season. Yeah, I, it'll be a slow build there. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think especially for for both of those guys, really. I mean, I don't I'm not saying that Williams will be worthless. He, he certainly will have a role there, uh, assuming he doesn't get hurt, too, by the looks of how everything's <laughs> going there. Um, you know, Gus Edwards isn't like a great player. He's probably he's fine. Like he's an he's an average NFL running back, and we loved him for fantasy this year. I think people raised him up on a pedestal for some reason, and I like so. I think that just you know the transitive property of now two other guys are stepping into that spot that they can put up similar production to what we were expecting out of Gus Edwards, or you know a slightly elevated Gus Edwards. You know what I mean? Like there's we we like that team as as just a rushing offense. We think that they'll run the ball a lot early and often. So I don't know why. I still see a lot of people poo-pooing, especially Le'Veon Bell. Like, let's we gotta be flexible here, people. They're down their top three running backs. You know, <laughs> there there was no scenario here in which they're gonna be really happy about who the Ravens are trotting out as their starter. Uh, I think Le'Veon Bell is honestly probably one of the better options they could have had there. And then I actually know like one of the other news points we're gonna talk about here is another player that I think would fit in there pretty nicely. Um, if, if something else were to happen is somebody who recently got cut at the, the roster trim down deadline here. So um, something to watch out for, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, somebody else that they did just sign, um, they are signing um, uh, Devonta Freeman to their practice squad. Oh, okay. um, so that's another guy who was out there. Another guy who's kind of floating around. He's had some success in the past. Is there any interest in him? No, that guy was was dust at his last spot. I like. I still think Lev Bell has a little bit of juice in the tank. I'm not sure that Freeman has anything left in the tank. Uh, I'd be more interested if Latavius Murray goes there than Devonta Freeman. Right, uh, and that'll that'll segue us right into the next one. Um, Latavius Murray was released by the Saints, um, you know, for reportedly not wanting to take a pay cut. Uh, can't really blame a guy for not wanting to take a pay cut there. Uh, they outright release him. And as we are in the middle of the show here, um, 
the Ravens and Latavius Murray are working on a deal that will bring uh, Le'Veon or uh, Latavius to Baltimore per at Jeff Zryback uh, from Twitter. Um, so I was going to say, is there any landing spot that we would care about Latavius? Now it's sounding like there's a very good chance that he is working on going to uh, Baltimore, are we interested in Le'Veon or uh, Latavius now that he is in potentially going to Baltimore? Yeah, Jeff, um, you know, is a, as a senior writer for the Athletic. Um, I I did some writing uh, earlier in my writing career for uh, Thirty Two Beat Writers, uh, and I was specifically on the AFC North. And he was a big guy. Where if he tweets something out, it's probably happening. Um, so I I would believe that that is probably going to happen. Uh, I. Who's the? They have Trenton Cannon there. Is that mm-hmm. the, the third back on the roster besides Freeman or fourth back? I guess they have. Fre- I, I I don't not I do not think Freeman ends up staying there. No, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut within the week here. Once once Murray is is locked in and settled in there, um, I'm not sure. I, I, Murray's probably of you know him and Bell probably the most in game shape guy considering he just played preseason. Um, so I actually think, you know, maybe if you're looking for like a super sneaky running back play and you've just been decimated, you know, you had you had acres, you had Gus Bus, you had, you know, you had like three of these guys and you're just totally down to the, you know, the, 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 the bare bones of your roster. Murray, I think, could be worth a start here for the first couple of weeks until Bell catches up. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think that um, we might see, you know, you were mentioning, um, you know, Williams, Tyson Williams worked work in the Gus Edwards role and Le'Veon working more of a God a Dobbins role from last year. Um, it wouldn't surprise me even if we see that be Lata- uh, Latavius and Le'Veon um, in that type of a role. Yeah, um, Williams just st- reeks of the guy that gets all this hype um, because of this like the situation, but the guy is not a good football player, and by week four he's totally irrelevant. That's just what he strikes me as, um, and it really. I, I anticipate probably with other, they're obviously not happy with him, even though they're saying they are because they want all these other dudes. They signed Devonta Freeman, who is like my grandpa with his walker out there at this point in time. <laughs> They've got Lev Bell who didn't do anything last year. They want Latavius Murray, who was just cut by the saints in favor of Tony Jones. I mean, I know there's, there's uh, salary implications and things to, that the teams always consider, but I mean, th- this is not like they're going out and the, there's just a smorgasbord of amazing running backs out there. You know, they're not. Oh, DeAndre Swift's walking out on the street. Let's go sign. You know, it, so <laughs> it's, uh, the Tyson Williams thing. I think that, I, that the actions speak louder than words here. Uh, I actually think if if you have Williams, I would probably try to leverage whatever value you can get out of him. You know, maybe Williams in a third for a second or, you know, trades like that where you can kind of move slightly up in a draft in the future, because I think that's what you'll probably like, that's the best you'll be able to do. And if you don't do it now, uh, you won't be able to within the next month or so. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those situations where, uh, you know, you got him for free. Take whatever profit you can get. Um, You know, there's uh, that's what. Now, this is just a little bit of a tangent here, but that's one of the things I like to do is just in startup drafts, uh, you know, in the offseason, just stash as many backup running backs as I possibly can or guys that, you know, may work into some sort of a role if there's an injury or anything like that. And then as su- if, if something happens, flip them immediately because um, running back's a position where that can happen a lot more often. Now, I mean, we saw a guy like Travis Fulgham last year where he blew up for a little bit and then his value just absolutely plummeted and he ended up getting cut. Um, so it does happen at wide receiver, but that type of situation happens way more often at running back. So that's one of my favorite strategies is just dart throw, dart throw, dart throw at the end and try and grab as many backup running backs as possible. Cause you have guys like Darrell Henderson who earlier in the off season was going pretty late. Uh, and now he's looking like, you know, uh, he's a guy that significantly saw an increase in value. Oh, you know? how, co- how come the two favorite guys that I did that with are both on IR? I have a lot of Darren <laughs> Nevins and a lot of Anthony McFarland. <laughs> that did not work out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of Anthony McFarland too. Um, but yeah, so sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but, you know, if anytime you can get that guy to hit, flip him immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah but I then... Agree. Moving off of uh, Latavius, um, his replacement, Tony Jones, is that 
anybody that we like at all because Latavius Murray did have like a, a decent role last year. You know, he was fantasy relevant. Um, you know, he, he had some nice weeks. He's a guy that a lot of people were rostering as a handcuff. So transitive property, do we transfer that over to Tony Jones? I guess maybe. I mean, Jones is the SMU guy, right? Um, I was not super high on him. I thought he was very meh coming out of college, you know, which is fine. Um, it's, it is just certainly an opportunity over talent type play, which again is fine, but that, that screams of more of maybe a one year type thing. So again, probably a guy that I'd be looking to move if I had them. Cause I mean, if your season rests on the shoulders of, of Tony Jones, then your team probably is not very good in the first place. Um, not to, um, you know, be be a jerk or you know <laughs> upset anybody that maybe just wasn't aware of that fact. But um, yeah, if you're relying on him, I think maybe you should uh, be rebuilding. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. Kind of goes back to the thing I was saying before. You know, when you have those guys and they see the bump, send them off, send them away. Like Tony Jones, if you know he has like a week where he blows up, um, you know, and you can get something for him because you got him for free. Another situation where you send him off. I. I don't see him in the same vein that I saw Latavius uh, because we knew what Latavius could do as a running back with a more significant role. So he was one of the guys where he had minimal standalone value, but there was a little bit, but he was one of the higher end handcuffs. So you knew he could be dependable and be a lead back. If something happened to uh, Kamara, we don't know that with Tony Jones, I I think I don't see them the same. No, I don't. They're not, they're definitely not a one for one, but it rarely is. So yeah, um, yeah, right. Um, moving on to the next bit here, um, Jimmy G and the 49ers team website say that he's the starter for the 49ers, um, but Shanahan still has not confirmed that. Uh, kind of what we expected. You know, we we talked about it a little bit before in the off season. We we expected Jimmy G to start here. Um, I know he was a guy that you're you were fairly high on um, as a, as a significant value as a guy who could see a nice bump um, as the starter here now for the 49ers. Um, are we or is he's a guy that you're comfortable starting week in week out? Jimmy, um, probably until he gets benched. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he probably should be your quarterback three on a team if you're looking to do anything. Um, I, I would be comfortable. St- I mean, he's, he's a starting NFL quarterback. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of dynasty teams out there that are, you know, C2C teams, but you know, essentially when we're talking about your NFL roster, you know, we're, we're talking at, at that point, it's basically a dynasty team. Um, I, I, I like do you, again, you don't feel good if that's your, if that's your starter, he has his, his weeks occasionally, and they have a lot of weapons there for him. Um, which which should be helpful, and, and it's a lot of kind of weapons where you kind of just get the ball in their hands and let and you have to do minimal work. You know, it's like C.J. Stroud's week last week where he you know he put up like <laughs> 280 yards, but a large portion of it was just you know guys making enormous plays after the catch. I think that'll be similar to Jimmy G. That's never a bad thing. Uh, you know, all, all those points count count equally. I don't. There's no style points on that. So yeah, exactly. He's more of like you said, Stroud last week or like Mac Jones was in college where just get the ball in the hands of the playmakers, get it to Kittle, get it to Ayuk, get it to Debo, um, you know, but he does have like some decent weeks. So as long as he is the starter, uh, I think, yeah, if he's your QB three, that's fine. But uh, I think he could produce some QB two weeks for you. So from a, a super flex redraft perspective, because um, I have one league that's like that, um, he's a guy that I would be fine starting as my super flex for the early part of the early part of the year. Uh, cause this is a league that's very, very QB heavy. Um, and I don't have him, but there is one team that went, uh, they punted QB for a while. So they're going to be starting him. And if he's my QB two in that's in that situation, I'm fine with it. Um, so if I have to start him for a couple weeks in dynasty as well, that's okay too. But I think he's more of a guy that, like you said, you're, he's fine until he gets benched. Then after he gets benched, you hang on to him until next season. So over, over, under here, and, and by over, so I, I like uh, before or after, we'll, we'll call it. Okay. Week eight, Trey Lance takes the job. 
I think I let me pull up the uh, 49ers schedule here real quick because um, that's that's a really close one. I know they have this a soft uh, opening of the Lions. That should be no problem. Uh, but they get the Eagles then the week after that. Not really super worried about that one. Um, Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals, Colts. That's a tough stretch. Um, I'm going to say under. And before, before or after is how we phrased it. Before or after week eight. Before week eight. Okay. I'm going to say before week eight. Because um, one, uh, that's a tough stretch. Like I was saying, Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals, Colts. You know, they could lose those four in a row. And then you're looking at week seven, starting at the Bears. It's a little bit softer. He could go there. But also because, you know, this QB battle drag, drag on, dragged on for a while. So that makes me think that they like Trey Lance um, and that they were potentially willing to not give him the job, but see if he could take it. Um, it doesn't, you know, he also got banged up a little bit there. What he, he injured his thumb, I think, right? Lance is the thumb? Uh, yeah, chipping his finger. I didn't know if it was thumb or not. Something like be. that. Um, I think it's after week eight. I don't have a week. I don't have an exact week, and I don't have the schedule open in front of me. I'm just after week eight is my guess. I think they drag yeah. that that's that saga out longer than we think they will. Personally, I mean, it's definitely possible. I, like I said, I was looking at that stretch there, and then the fact that this QB battle drug on for a little while. Um, making me think that maybe Lance is uh, a little bit more ready than I would have initially thought. So I'll take the before you take the after we got to come up with the, like it's something for our show bet. We we don't have a, we didn't have a punishment. We didn't talk about that. We'll figure it out. We got to figure that out soon. Yeah. Um, Cause we got to, cause this would have been another good opportunity for a show bet. Uh, but moving on to the last news segment here. Uh, Austin Eckler is dealing with a hamstring injury. He's missed two days of practice in a row here. He's been off to the side. Um, is this something that we're worried about here? Soft tissue injuries do have a tendency to linger. Yes, it should be something that we're worried about. I mean, he always has something going on with him. I don't know why everyone just assumed that he would be magically healthy this year. Um, there, there's always something going on with the guy, and I know there's no such thing as injury prone, whatever. Um, but it certainly seems like some guys are are more uh, prone to to certain you know just you know being questionable on the on, on you know on the <laughs> weekly practice report or you know stuff like that. So um, I think we should be worried about it. I really really do. Um, I think the Charger like I think we should be worried for the Chargers offense as a whole. I, I think that if they don't have him, I don't really like Justin Jackson that much. Like Larry Roundtree is fine as like the second or third running back on your team, but you don't feel comfortable. You should not feel comfortable starting him. Uh, same with uh, Josh Kelly. So, um, yeah, I think that whole offense should be worried if uh, if he's injured, not just not just you know people that have Eckler. Yeah, I I'm kind of with you there because he is he's a really nice option as a safety blanket. Now, not that um, Herbert uses that all that often. Herbert does like to push the ball downfield, but you still like to have that there. And then he's also a guy that you can depend on, at least in the running game, to pick up some nice chunks, usually be fairly efficient. And, you know, with him out, like you said, that bevy of guys behind him, Jackson, Kelly, Browntree, they aren't really over that, that inspiring. Um, they have a new defensive-minded head coach. Uh, so those guys typically do like to run the ball a little bit more. Um and I'm blanking on who their offensive coordinator is now. Um, but either was with the saints, right? Yeah. Yeah. I um, remember that uh, the name is, yeah, not, not escaping me as well though. Right. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely concerning. It's definitely a, a long-term concern for him as well. If you're, if you're a contender, you're probably holding because, you know, you wanted to, you were kind of counting on him. So you kind of want to see what you can do there. But um, if I'm not a contender and I haven't dealt him yet, I'm dealing him right now. Eckler. Yeah. Um, and the, he just is the importance of not uh, buying win now running backs in the off season. You know, I, I think this isn't just another example um, of that. 
So is Zeke's performance here this evening, if if that's going to be anything to go by. So, so you n- never do that in the offseason. Yeah. Um, uh, as, as far as Zeke's performance goes, I mean, the Bucks defense is, is really good. They were a really good run defense last year. They brought pretty much everybody back. Um, so I'm not panicking too much on that one. But, yes. You should freak the F out. <laughs> yes. No, I, I agree with you. You don't buy a win now running backs in the offseason. You wait till midseason for that. Um, but – Speaking of the season here, we're, you know, it's kicking off tonight, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll still come out with our predictions. Yeah. Not too much has happened and not uh, that we can't um, still have some predictions here. It hasn't really influenced anything. So uh, we have a couple of awards here that we are going to predict. And these are largely made up awards. Um, I mean, they're, you know, fantasy MVP, comeback player of the year, rookie of the year, breakout player of the year, and underperformer of the year. So they're not original, but they're not like, you know, an actual award. Um, so we got a couple of them here, and we'll just, we'll, we each picked one for each of these. Uh, we'll start off with the fantasy MVP. Kick that one over to you, Austin, there. Who do you got this year as your fantasy MVP? Yeah, I think this question has to take into account, you know, not only a guy's. I think we kind of looked at redraft for this just to kind of get a, you know, a picture of how how a guy is probably, uh, you know, thought of to do at least in this immediate season. I chose Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver for the Falcons. Um, we used Fantasy Pros current ADP as of nine nine twenty one. Um, that, that is what we used here for the ADP. So he's, he's listed as 20th overall in wide receiver five and redraft leagues. Um, I think that there is a real, a, a real chance for him to be the wide receiver one. You know, I think there's, there's a tier there where it's going to be probably him, Tyreek and Devonte Adams, uh, you know, Hop- Hopkins kind of hovers around there too, but really is just going to see an unreal amount of volume there in that offense. I think they're going to pass the ball a ton. Um, there, I think that team is not going to be very good. I think they're going to be playing for behind quite a bit. Um, Ridley has shown in the past that he does not see a drop off at all. In fact, he's a little bit of an uptick when Julio is not in the lineup uh, with him. So, you know, he's coming into he's 26 years old. You know, this kind of feels like those prime years, you know, like 25 to 29 or whatever, or you just really see a lot of these wide receivers kind of put up their their biggest years. 90 catches on 143 targets last year. I think we see him get upwards of 180 targets this year. Um, I think he goes over 1,500 yards, double-digit touchdowns, just the whole, oh. the whole shebang. I, and I think that he's um, – I think people like him a lot, but I, I still think that his his upside is is still almost discounted compared to what I think he can truly hit there from a pure volume perspective. See, that's, that's interesting to me because – I I think that Atlanta is going to take a bit of a step back in passing volume. I still think they're going to be one of the more pass heavy teams that they're going to be inside the top 10, but over the last three years, they've been the fourth most pass heavy offense. Um, you know, they've averaged over the last four years, they've averaged um, 68.7% pass uh, to run ratio. Uh, and this is from TeamRankings.com. Um, but I think they take a bit of a step back there with Arthur Smith now. Um, you know, t- at Tennessee, you know, they had Derrick Henry, so he kind of built the offense a little bit around him. I, I think he's going to be smart enough to adapt the offense to the pieces that he has. And this game, if the offense does revolve around uh, Matt Ryan, um, Ridley, Gage, and, you know, Pitts in the passing game, they have Mike Davis in the running back. So not anybody that you feel that great about. Uh, but I do think they're going to run the ball a little bit more than what they have in the past. So I think there's going to be a slight dip in volume. Now, with Julio gone, that you're you're right. It definitely opens up a lot of targets for him. Um, so I I'm not quite as high on him. I think he's going to have a really nice year, uh, but I think he's priced. Now I think he's priced pretty close to his ceiling. Um, I don't know if I see him getting much higher than the wide receiver five on the end of the year. Fine. Well, poop you. <laughs> Who's your guy so I can make for him? Um, you alluded to it a little bit earlier in the show. Um, my fantasy MVP for this year is Lamar Jackson. 
Um, he is currently going 43rd overall and the QB four, uh, which actually surprises me a little bit because I feel like I see him go a little later than that. Um, and he definitely goes later than that in dynasty leagues. Um, I feel like I often see Mahomes, Murray, Allen, you see Dak up there too. Um, you know, sometimes you see Trevor Lawrence sneak up that high. So I, I feel like I feel like Lamar Jackson is just being s- not slept on a little bit, but uh, you know, it, people are forgetting how good of a 2019 season he had. And now, granted, that's probably his ceiling because uh, he averaged 28.1 fantasy points per game and was the QB one by six points per game. Um, but last year he did see a dip. Um, you know, he was the QB nine on a points per game basis. If you exclude Marcus Mariota's one game, um, he averaged 22.8 fantasy points per game. So that's a six fantasy points per game drop. So he dropped back down to roughly about where everybody else was in his 2019 season. Um, I think he's going to settle in somewhere in between that, um, you know, in between this 2019 and 2020 seasons. So I think he is going to see an uptick in, um, fantasy volume or in uh, fantasy points per game, uh, you know, and like you alluded to a little bit earlier with the the constant stream of injuries they've had at the running back position, I think it's going to force him to run a little bit more. I think it's also going to force him to pass a little bit more. That's going to put more of the offense on him. And I think that's only going to be a good thing for his fantasy value. So I think he is somebody who is going to win you a league this year. Yeah, I mean that that wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think I took him over Josh Allen multiple times this season uh, in, in startups. I still think that I, I I like him just as much, if not more, than than I like Josh Allen, um, which is probably considered a hot take um, because of you know the seasons that they both had last year. Right, but that's a little bit of the recency bias, you yeah. know. Oh, hundred percent. You know, it, Josh Allen had a a great year last year. It's a great story, you know. Everybody, a lot of people were doubting him, and you know, he silenced the doubters last year. Had a phenomenal year, so that's awesome. But I need to see it for more than one year before I'm ready to move him up that high. So yeah, I would take Lamar over him too. Um, Lamar, like I said, Lamar is a guy that I think is still a little bit underrated going into this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to have a really nice year this year. So we'll move into comeback player of the year here. Um, so this is a player who disappointed last year, but we think he's going to have a big year this year. And the caveat here is we're kind of leaving out injury for the most part, um, you know, because guys like CMC obviously disappointed you last year, but they're kind of obviously expected to have a big year this year. Uh, you know, kind of as along the same lines with Barkley, um, you know, it's along the same lines with Dak. So I was gearing this one a little bit more towards disappointing seasons rather than injuries. So Austin, who is your comeback player of the year for this year? Yeah, I think the obvious uh, answer here is Antonio Brown. Um, it would be was my answer, you know, before before this game kicked out <laughs> off here. Uh, we, we have six minutes left in the third quarter and he has four for 118 and one. Um, he, like I said, you know, when he is in an environment for a while and he can kind of get to know the quarterback and just settle down a little bit, um, I, I think he's still a great player. He's only 33. I think his, his, the way he plays, I mean, he's just cooking corners again tonight. I think we all kind of forgot. I mean, I don't want to say weeks. I didn't, but <laughs> people in general kind of forgot just how good he is, you know, as a route runner, as a separator, as a receiver, he makes difficult catches look very routine. He did for a long time at Pittsburgh there. Um, if you need a big catch, he's very reliable. I mean, all these different things that a quarterback likes and that you know us as fantasy managers should really, really like as well. Um, that that offense should be able to support um, it, it, a number of, uh, of big seasons there on the wide receiver front. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Tom Brady throws for like what that extra game, like 4,800 yards ish, you know, I mean, that <laughs> yeah. just wouldn't be that surprising. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if he throws for like 45 touchdowns. And that's a, a big pie when you think that I don't think the running backs will, will score as many touchdowns for them. 
I just really don't. I mean, they haven't they've done they haven't done anything tonight really for Net and Jones. I think that will continue. Uh, Brown has a touchdown. Godwin has a touchdown. Gronk has two touchdowns. I mean, that's not even counting Mike Evans, um, who will probably be an afterthought there and probably should have been my my afterthought of the year or whatever disappointment. <laughs> but I did not choose him. Um, so I, I yeah, I just think AB. Would it really shock anybody if AB finishes as like a, a back end wide receiver one this year? It, it wouldn't shock me because I think that offense is just going to be so efficient. I think all his targets are going to be so efficient. I yeah, mean, he's I averaging think if, thirty yards a catch tonight. <laughs> I was going to say, I think if you had said that statement earlier in the day or yesterday, it, I think it would have surprised some people. Um, and I think so. There's probably still some people that it would surprise, but um, seeing the way that they're using him tonight, seeing how good he looks. Yeah, I'm. I would not surprise me that much if he finishes the back end um, as a back end wide receiver one. And I don't think his um, success detracts from Godwin or um, you know Gronk or, or kind of detracts from Evans. You know, as we're seeing a little bit tonight here. But I think those other guys can still have nice years, and he can have a very nice year. Yeah. Uh, so my yeah, so my comeback player of the year here. Um, Mike Williams, uh, wide receiver, Los Angeles Chargers. He he's kind of an afterthought right now. Um, wide receiver 47 is where he's being drafted at at 119 overall. So that's like right at the 10th round. Um, last year, half point uh, and half point PPR, 8.7 fantasy points per game. Uh, finishes a wide receiver 55. Struggled last year for sure. But I think his skill set really fits well with Justin Herbert's skill set. Um, you know, with Eckler potentially being hurt here, I think it's probably going to put a little bit more volume and a little bit more of the burden on the uh, the passing attack and Justin Herbert. I think Mike Williams can be a beneficiary of that as well. But I also just think even before that, that Mike Williams was going to have a better year this year than last year. Um, you know, Keenan Allen can't catch everything. He's going to catch a lot. He's going to have a nice year, but some of that volume is going to go to Mike Williams' way as well. And uh, the offensive coordinator from the Saints, uh, coming over from the Saints now, I remember an article in the offseason here that mentioned that he wanted to feature him as the X. You know, he kind he wanted to. Um, he said his offense kind of funnels things to the the X receiver there. So um, that's just all good things for Mike Williams, and he's a guy who's really cheap, uh, but I think he could finish as a Back end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. I um, that's pretty bold. I I he's totally a guy where I'm just like I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> you know, I just, you fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times, and you just keep it. So I'll believe won't when get fooled I see again. It, but but I you know I I wouldn't mind seeing him do well. I mean with that injury in college and everything, I don't know if he ever quite hit the, the lofty standards we thought he would, um, which, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but I mean, in, uh, in 2019, he finishes the wide receiver 38. So, um, you know, significantly underperformed that last year. Um, I think, I think he can finish a little bit better than the wide receiver 38. Yeah, sure. Why not? I think yeah. in the right around maybe wide receiver 30. Um, but anyway, we'll move on to the next one here. Um, rookie of the year and your answer, your answer intrigues me. Um, it's not the route I thought you were going to go with this, um, given that you're a Pittsburgh fan. So I thought you were going to go with, uh, with Najee here, but who'd you pick? Yeah, I think Najee will do fine. Um, and he certainly was actually the other name that I really considered beyond, uh, the name you chose, which is fine. I mean, you, you chose that name first. Um, and uh, <laughs> in my defense this time though, I waited to, yeah, to fill did. out the show sheet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have no qualms about, um, yeah. you, you actually for breakout player, you chose the guy that I would have chosen as well. But again, I was happy. I'm happy with the guy I chose. I, Zach Wilson <laughs> quarterback for the jets is, is my rookie of the year because there's a couple of reasons you know, there are these five rookie quarterbacks. Three of them will start day one. I think that gives you an automatic advantage in terms of uh, the rookie race. Obviously, last year, Herbert won it, and he did not start day one, so it's not um, a necessity. But you, you, the pace that he was on when he came in, I'm not sure if another rookie will be able to hit that this year. Um, so that would kind of already eliminate Fields and Lance from my list as much as I, I 
you know, think long-term there, there are certainly great options there. Um, Wilson starts day one in an offense where, you know, I don't think he has a truly elite guy there around to, um, to kind of help him out, but they have a lot of okay to good options. And Corey Davis should probably have an okay season. Elijah Moore, um, you know, they, they have some guys there that, that probably should, should do pretty well this year. They, they've tried to build out the line. I think the line will be fine. And the other factor for me is that they just, I don't think they'll have much of a running game. They don't have very much talent at running back. They, they, they're going to be trotting out, you know, some combination of Ty Johnson, uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, Michael Carter, uh, you know, no names that really, I would say probably scare defenses at, at all. And um, I, I think that just because of that, you know, the coaching staff will want to run the ball, but I think they're probably just a year out from being able to do that. So I think there will be some some volume there for him as well. And I think the Jets just straight up might be okay this year. If you look at all the teams that these these rookie quarterbacks went to, you know, obviously I think um, San Fran's probably the best. And you can never really discount Belichick there in New England, but that team, I, I, I don't think that team's very good. And then you look at, you know, Chicago is okay. Um, the, the Jaguars are uh, just a stinker of a team. Um, you know, I think just in terms of the surrounding talent, he might have the best cast of, of these guys as, as freshmen or as, as rookies. Um, so I, all of that plays into me saying that I think Zach Wilson can be the rookie of the year, at least for fantasy purposes, especially because, you know, and again, we're using redraft ADP. So I get, you know, you probably spent some sort of significant capital to get your hands on Wilson one way or the other, but in, in redraft, he's listed as the 182nd player overall QB 25, which I think is probably fair. You know, most redraft leagues only play one quarterback, but still, I mean, the 25th quarterback overall, I think he can probably outperform that, um, you know, I'm not even going to comment on his long-term outlook, but just for one year, I think he could certainly do it. Yeah, um, I, I I think definitely him starting week one has gives himself an advantage. Uh, I definitely think there's some negative perception of him and the Jets' offense as a whole, just based on the last couple years. Uh, I think they're going to be markedly improved this year because they do have some solid weapons, like you mentioned, with Davis and Crowder and Elijah Moore and D, uh, Denzel Mims. Um, you know, but, uh, so I, I could definitely see him having a really nice year this year. And, and I definitely think he'll outperform QB 25 on the year. Um, especially given all the other guys who are, you know, splitting jobs and, you know, we're worried about them losing it at some point in the year. Um, and, and the, the, the rushing threat that he does bring, he, he brings a little bit of with his legs to the table as well. But, um, my pick here for rookie of the year is Justin Fields. Um, now he is going a little bit earlier than Zach Wilson. He's going QB 17. Uh, he's going at 138 overall. I, I, and I don't, he's not going to start right away. He's not going to start week one. Uh, he's not going to start week two. You know, they get the Bengals in week two. Uh, then they get the Browns, Lions, Raiders. So they have a little bit of a softer schedule earlier, uh, but then they get a tough stretch in the middle. Uh, Packers, Bucks, Niners, Steelers, Ravens. So I think at some point in that stretch, they, they may turn it over to to fields because he, Fields looked really good this uh, this preseason. He had some really nice performances, um, and he brought a, a lot with his legs too. Um, you know, he he had a rushing touchdown or two. I think he had two games where he had like about 40, 50 yards rushing. Uh, so he brings that threat with his legs. And you know, while he's not going to start at the beginning of the year, I think he's going to be a guy that at the end of the year, um, you know, I think he's going to finish as a as a QB one on a points per game basis by the end of the year. Um, yeah. I think he's going to have a really, really nice year. He's going to, he's going to win some people, their leagues um, down the stretch in the playoffs, I think. Um, so that's what makes me put him as the, uh, as the, the rookie of the year. Um, you know, Zach Wilson will have better counting stats, but I think fields is going to really come through when it matters for fantasy owners. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that probably is the name I would have chosen. Um, you know, I, I, in fantasy in, in rookie drafts this year, you know, in any other kind of startup, I would have taken fields over Lance, even though I saw the opposite happen. Like I, I was the beneficiary of that a lot where I was like the third or fourth pick and, and fields would fall to me. Um, I just think he's, he's one of those guys that you look back at three years from now and you're like, well, what were people thinking? And I think that, that he is the, the guy, that guy from this class for me, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very high on Justin Fields. Um, so that'll lead us into the next one here, breakout player of the year. Um, don't really have a definition for this one, but I, I you know, I mean, it, 
a breakout, a guy that is, you know, waiting in the wings here a little bit. He, he had a decent year last year, and he's just going to really put it up over the top this year. Um, I like your option here. Uh, who did uh, who did you take on this one? Yeah, again, I would have chosen your option here as my guy, <laughs> um, but but uh, obviously he was spoken for. So I think a, a fun guy here that it just is 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 the. One of the high-type sleepers I've seen in a while, and it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the Chiefs. Um, we talked a bit about him earlier this offseason as a guy that, um, you know, was an obvious fade at ADP last year, both in, you know, rookie drafts and, and startups and things like that. But I think uh, people just got so disappointed on him that now he almost is a value, um, although he's still going over, again, the guy that you chose for some reason that I will never <laughs> understand. Um, you know, 21 years old last year in that Kansas City offense, he still put up, uh, over a thousand yards, I believe, uh, you know, combined from scrimmage about 1100 yards, um, you know, a handful of touchdowns he caught, he had 54 targets. Um, I don't think you need to extrapolate those numbers to go up that much. He just needs to play the, the you know, the full 16, um, and, and, uh, just kind of keep doing what he's doing. I think there's certainly, you know, 1400 to 1500 all purpose yards, 60 catches, eight touchdowns is a perfectly reasonable, stat line prediction for him just kind of based off last year and what we think that offense can do they still didn't find a third receiving option there we, you know we talked about they don't target the running back that much in that offense as much as you would think maybe a Mahomes offense will but I still think he's going to earn targets just based on the fact that they don't have anybody else beyond Tyreek and Kelsey um, and so I think that he he is undervalued you know he's listed again redraft ADP 22nd overall player RB14 I think, I mean, RB14 kind of feels right, but it, uh, I, I think that, you know, it would not shock me if, you know, uh, here's my spoiler alert. I have J- uh, Jonathan Taylor as my underperformer of the year. It wouldn't shock me just based on the, the value of the touches that the two get between pass catching and rushing that, that CH outscores Jonathan Taylor, who is, who is like predicted to be the RB8 on the season. Yeah. I think that last part, that's, uh, that's an interesting take there. I mean, that's, I think that's uh, something that people would classify as bold. Um, uh, Jonathan you Taylor's a very, I'm just Mr. Bold take. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. After, uh, after your lukewarm take of the week this week, what was your lu- lukewarm take of the week? For so it is so oh, hard to get that. It's like Goldilocks. It can't be too hot. It can't right. be too cold. It can't, it has to be just right. And I might've gone slightly too cold this week, but I said that, that um, Matt Corral has another huge week this week for Ole mm. Miss. But I think it's it's slightly hot because he's known for a brain fart now and then. Um, yeah. So that was my. Okay. These, these aren't supposed to be brave people. Right. <laughs> They're not supposed to be brave. Right. Fair enough. I, I listened to that earlier today and then I, I totally forgot what it was. But um, no, yeah, I think that's a little bit of a bold take there. But I, I'm with you. I think that he is a guy who uh, the value has and, and the perception has swung the other direction just because of how high the value and the perception was last year and where people were taking him and he disappointed, uh, you know, he was one of the biggest disappointments last year out of guys that played pretty much every game. And he is just going as a value at this point. Um, like you said, they don't have a lot of other options in that offense beyond Kelsey and, uh, and, and Hill and, and they'll have to go somewhere. And I, I think they'll go to him. So I like that. Um, we'll go to my guy here who is also your guy, uh, but I beat you to him. Uh, and that is Deandre Swift. Um, he's currently going, uh, RB 19, uh, 37 overall. And that just feels so low. Even in, even in redraft, man, that just feels so low. I, I, Last year, he finishes the RB20 on a points-per-game basis, 12.8 fantasy points per year. So we think he's only going to improve by a little bit with that. I mean, he should have that backfield largely to himself. I mean, they brought in Jamal Williams. uh, They have Jamar Jefferson there. So they have a couple other guys, but I think he's going to handle the bulk of the work there. Um you know, they, he was battling with a groin injury here in the offseason, but they've already come out and said he's not going to be on a rep count, you know, that he looks fine. He's going to be good to go. And, you know, in that offense, Jared Goff's going to check the ball down a lot, I think. I think he's going to be a huge beneficiary of that because the passing game is where he really excels. Um, he's a good runner. The passing game is where he really excels. So you can use him as a true weapon out of the backfield. And if 
you know, Anthony Lynn, I think's their offensive coordinator there. So, you know, he has experience using an Austin Eckler type guy. And, you know, if, if he, if Swift gets used in that manner, um, I, you know, he's going to vastly outperform where he, uh, where, where he was, is being taken now at the RB 19. Um, I think he has a, a top 10 season in him here. Pretty, I, I don't think that's a hot take. I honestly think that people that have a process that fades DeAndre Swift just don't know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> I don't have any problem saying that, and I wouldn't have any problem saying that to somebody in, in any sort of moderately friendly way during a discussion that just there's no reason to feed him. There, there's basically none. You know that. Who their offense corner is Anthony Lynn, right? Yeah. He he's he's had backs perform at a you know he had shady. Yeah, in Buffalo, and, and they're basically the same exact back. That was my comp for Swift coming out of college. I think you know similar size, similar uh, athletic athletic ability, uh, similar play style. Um, you know, he he knows when he has a guy. I think the Jamal Williams um, stealing touches thing is generally overblown. Um, Swift is Swift. Swift and Godwin were the two biggest values in dynasty startups or C two C startups this off season, and. What do you know? I have a lot of DeAndre Swift and I have a lot of Chris Godwin. Uh, Godwin <laughs> looking good so far. Uh, we'll see what Swift does here week one. But um, I mean, it's uh, people like to overthink themselves so much. You just take the talented guy and, and worry about the rest, especially with a team that that has a good offensive line. And he's he's not Leonard Fournette. He can catch passes if they're behind. That them being behind game script means nothing to a player like DeAndre Swift. So uh, uh, yes. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I think even negative game script may even help him because, like I said, Jared Goff is a guy who's going to check the ball down a lot. Um, and they don't really have a lot of other receiving options. So, you know, PPR leagues, and I mean, I think he's going to have a fantastic year this year. Like I said, I don't, I don't think it's a bold take to say he finishes inside the top 10 RBs. No, um, not at all. I don't know. I don't know why we view him so much differently than Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I think volume-wise, they'll be very similar. I think that moves us right into the next segment here pretty well, who you already teased as your underperformer of the year. Yeah, I think Taylor underperforms. And and listen, I, I actually, you know, I love Jonathan Taylor, the football player. I think he's a great, he was a great prospect last year. I had him and Swift basically tied as my top back coming out. He had a really good year. You know, I think he's, I, I don't subscribe to the, he's a bad pass catcher. You know, I, I don't subscribe to any of those. I think he's a fine pass catcher. I think he's, he's a very good runner. I think he's generally efficient. Um, and it's not even the, um, the you know, the, the schedule argument where he played that cupcake schedule. I, I, I don't even subscribe to that. I just think there are some other backs there to, to get touches from him. I think that that offense is not necessarily explosive, and I think, you know, uh, receiving volume is the most valuable. Uh, those touches are more valuable than rush than rushes. I forget exactly what, like, the multiplier is, but I just think Swift is going to get so many more targets than him. I think Taylor uh, Taylor is really good in the designed pass game, but I think, you know, they don't use him a lot, you know, split him out, you know, at this, you know, or, you know motion him out, put him in the slot, beat him on a linebacker, have him beat him. He just really won't do a lot of that. Swift will, and I think those touches will add up and will obviously not add up and taylor i think taylor still is a a top 15 running back this year or whatever i just think he he disappoints based on what people think he's going to do and then we'll buy the dip in the offseason yeah always buy the dip on players like that um i mean that would be music to my ears because i don't have a lot of jonathan taylor um i had deandre swift as my rb1 last year and and taylor is the two and just based on everybody else's perception jonathan taylor was was going earlier so i conversely have a lot of swift so that's another reason i definitely hoping he's a breakout player um but i, I do think it'll happen but um I, I i agree with you i think jonathan taylor will likely underperform his value currently um going at nine overall uh, I, th- I still think he'll have a very nice year though um you know i still think he'll finish you know uh low end rb1 high end rb2 um, you know, I, I think that'll be a good situation for him because they do have other backs there, but, um, you know, I don't know if they'll use Naheem Hines. I don't know how much they'll use Naheem Hines. I'll be in, very interested to see that because they don't have a lot of other receiving options. So they may use them both at the same time. 
Um, I, I'll be interested to see how that breaks out here. Cause yeah, especially, uh, especially with Hilton down, I think, you know, they're not necessarily a similar role, but I think, you know, they're, they're, they're the surrogate in the offense in terms of, you know, just, they need to, I mean, who do they have there? They have Pittman, Pascal and, um, and Campbell, your favorite top three, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody's scared of any of those players. I, I hate no. to break it to you. Um, so Heinz might add something a little different, um, that, that those other guys don't. Yeah. Um, so my underperformer here is is a guy that I do I like. I think he's gonna have a nice year, but I think he's just going too high right now. Uh and that's Stefan Diggs. Uh he's going 14 overall, uh the wide receiver three. And you know, he look, he finished last year as the wide receiver three, uh 16.6 fantasy points per game. But Buffalo also passed the ball last year at a 61.7% pass ratio, which is 11th highest uh, in 2020. And then in 2019, they threw the ball 54.96% of the time, which was 26th. Um, I think last year was a bit of an aberration at how much they threw the ball. So I think his volume is going to decrease. I think also just Josh Allen's efficiency last year was, was off the charts, a very efficient year last year. Um, I still think he's going to have a nice year, but I think Josh Allen is going to take a bit of a step back from what he did last year. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's really the only quarterback that we've seen that has just been absurdly efficient year in and year out. Um, so I, I think Allen will take a bit of a step back there, which will also lead to Diggs taking a bit of a step back and the lack of volume, I don't see him. I don't see him, any value in him at the wide receiver three. Um, I, I don't think he finishes there. You know, maybe fringe top ten. Maybe um, I think he, he could finish as a wide receiver one. Um, so maybe maybe in the nine to twelve range. But uh, I, I don't. I, I, he's just going too early at the at fourteen overall. Uh, there's just too there are too many other guys there that I would want. There are only four wide receivers that I like over him this season, and those I already listed were Hopkins, Ridley, um, Hill, and Adams. I think after that, I'd be very happy to take Diggs as my wide receiver five. I think really, I mean, I guess maybe if you just flip Ridley and Diggs, I think that would make me I'd feel pretty happy about those, those wide receiver rankings um, overall. So um, I think I disagree a little bit. I think you know he's just a really good player. I think he's a really good player too. And that's, that's not, that's not a knock on him that I think he's going to underperform. I think it's just the bills offense in general. No, that's a knock on him. The thing is they don't have a running game besides, um, besides uh, what's his name? Josh Allen. Really? I mean, Zach Moss is poop. Devin Singletary's poop. I mean, all these guys just aren't very good. So <laughs> yeah, they have Matt Breida there too. Maybe he gets a little bit of run. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that is the one thing that could, uh, that could make this look dumb is the fact that they don't have a running game. So they do have to pass at that same rate. But, uh, you know, I mean this, the staff between 2019 and 2020 was the same. Um, so I think that the run to pass ratio lies somewhere in between 11 and 26. Um, I think 11 is the high end. I don't know if that's going to be repeatable. And like I said, I don't know if the efficiency is going to be repeatable either. So just by virtue of those two things, I think Diggs takes a step back. But not a knock on him as a whole. I think he's very good. Uh, and he's somebody that I would want on my dynasty team. But just I think it's going to be this year. He's another guy that I think you could buy the dip on if it gets too low. Uh, but I think that is going to do it here for us tonight. Um, looking at the score here, the game with uh, it's, it's a pretty good one here. But uh, any any game you're excited for here uh, this this weekend on the NFL side? No Steelers game. That's it. Right. Fair enough. Falcons Eagles. So I'm um, I'm pretty excited for week one here. Uh, I'm going to uh, to a sports bar near here uh, to watch the game with a bunch of Eagles fans, which. Last time the uh, Falcons Eagles played, (laughs) this is in Lancaster. It's not Philly. Uh, Last time the Falcons Eagles played, though, I did go to uh, to a Xfinity Live right outside of the Lincoln, uh, (laughs) right outside the link, wearing a Falcons shirt. Um, Was not my smartest decision. You're lucky. You're you're, you uh, you don't look threatening, or else you would probably get beat up. I got I got heckled a lot. Like look at that little wiener over there in that (laughs) Falcons jersey. (laughs) He's not worth our time. <laughs> um, 
All right, so so that's going to do it there. Uh, maybe not as many NFL games we're looking forward to, but there are some nice uh, college games this weekend that we're going to be previewing in the morning uh, on the tailgate. So definitely be sure to tune into that. Uh, Saturday night, uh, we're going to be bringing you coast to coast uh, right after Washington versus Michigan. So you're definitely going to want to tune into that one as well. We'll recap the day, uh, highlight some waiver wire ads for the college side of your C2C league. Um, got some nice guests always on there. We're always checking in on Kevin on the left coast. Uh, so be sure to tune into that. I also check out the C2C family of pods. Uh, we got the Debbie debate. Uh, why wait till Sunday? Uh, fantasy round table is going to be really kicking off here into the, with, uh, you know, the NFL season kicking off. Um, and then we also have the new three and out pod with, uh, Alfred, Chris and Will, where they're going to be talking some, some, uh, betting props, um, some picks for the week. Also, be sure to look out for the early week show, uh, Campus Life. But until then, uh, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.